You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. On pertinence uh, punctuated, and alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, we are joined uh, none other than uh, by our very own Sheikh Shoei Maida, who is a Medina University graduate and who is also an astute businessman. He is a da'i, he's a khatib. And alhamdulillah, he appears in uh, over 50 to 60 different media houses and uh, platforms where he gives comments and uh, so forth. So alhamdulillah, it's always a privilege to have him on the platforms of Marqa Sahaba, the voice of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Ya Sheikh, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, how are you doing this fine, beautiful evening, Ya Sheikh Shreem Maida? Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to my beloved brother Shafat Ahmed Khan and all the dear listeners of Marqa Sahaba this evening. Uh, the voice of Al Sunnah Wal Jama'ah, I would say Alhamdulillah. Tumma Alhamdulillah, we are well. After Ramadan, looks like we still have that Ramadan spirit in us, and may Allah to maintain uh, kindling that nur in all of us, inshallah. Inshallah, ya Sheikh. And also, you know, uh, our topic uh, this morning is uh, pleasantries, you know, pleasantries. And uh, what I am, I think, of our Nabi Muhammad, sallam, his uh, smiling disposition. Uh, the way he treated people when he uh, paid attention to you, his whole gait, his whole body used to be focused on you, he used to make contact with you when he shook your hands, and he was the last one to pull his hand away uh, from you and uh, so forth. So, you know, when you look at uh, uh, pleasantries, it could be a polite uh, you know, remark. It, uh, you know, it's, uh, it is always it shows uh, a refined disposition. It also, you know, in uh, the uh, environment when you're in, in, in public space or you with the individuals, it creates an atmosphere of uh, peace and tranquility, uh, not an uneasy atmosphere where, you know, sometimes you find uh, two individuals, a good person, a person with a lovely pleasant, pleasantries or a refined disposition when he or she walks in, uh, the entire gathering is lit up. I mean, they will all say, oh, yes, a good person and all that positive uh, aura resonates amongst everyone but on the other hand when you're unpleasant and you're a type of person that when you walk in with your negativity everything goes dull and sour and the entire function is spoiled or even a gathering is spoiled by just one unpleasant human being perhaps your thoughts you know if you follow the sunnah of nabi muhammad in its entirety then you wouldn't have this type of situation it will always be a cool calm pleasant and a spiritually blessed uh, uh, occasion or a function. Uh, Sheikh Shreem, either your comments? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. You know, Sheikh, uh, the way you put it, it's just exactly how Nabi Muhammad was. And uh, you must remember, this deen uh, is only the only deen that actually brings people together. If you talk about unity and its entirety, only Islam spreads unity and its entirety than other religion. And even you look at the West themselves, they manage to get... Uh, uh, this uh, United Nations and the rest of that look and the unit of Islam itself. Now, if you took, uh, if you look at the approach of Wanabisha Sallam towards everybody, shook their hand, looked at them with a smile, you know, like to say, look, I'm actually, I, I love you, my brother, you know, I care for you. You can talk to me at anything that is there and you will not be judged, you know, bring anything that you have with its issues, talk to me, inshallah, Allah is going to send solutions for us. And we find ourselves sitting in a better position. So definitely, this is how it used to be. And, uh, you know, he was, you know, one accommodating person that actually 
made the flourish of Islam to go around the world because of his, uh, the way he accommodated everybody. You know, he spoke to people with love, you know, he accepted people at any time, even non-Muslims as well. Some of them just accepted the deed by looking at his characteristics, the way he actually he dealt with people, the way he dealt with issues around the Quraysh involving the Muslims and uh, the non-Muslims. You know, he was just a, a special one of the kind that, I mean, you never find any comparison to uh, the way he actually handled situations and the way actually he carried himself. So as you said, you know, there's one key factor to that shaft that, you know, if you bring that kind of smile that is genuine to the people and the rest of them, definitely you have a very good reception. You know, that's why even he said in the tradition, say your smile, you know, you show a smile in the face of another fellow Muslim, it is like you actually uh, indulging yourself in giving out charity. So which means actually it's a good thing, you know, when you're giving charity, you give out in the sense that you're happy at what you're giving and also you're looking forward to Allah to reward you out of that. So you do what's best for that. So if you have that genuine smile, Shaf, uh, when you approach everybody or Muslims and Muslims, definitely it changes the perception around the people around you. And that's why even if you come to a function, as you said, if you bring your sour face, you just make everybody uh, find themselves uncomfortable in the place because of the way uh, you presented yourself. But if you present yourself with a good smile, Actually, it makes a pleasant to be around you and people uh, are always there to enjoy themselves because they know we're in a company where we have to be happy and where we have to enjoy our time, Shah. Now, well said, the Sheikh Shreem Maida. You know, I want to share a story with you and, uh, you know, uh, perhaps looking at uh, myself and doing some introspection. Uh, okay, I will say at, uh, at school, I think at a very young age, because I lost, uh, lost my dad at a very young age, so I decided to become a leader or a captain of a team. Uh, you know, when yeah, it was a soccer, I had to be the captain. The cricket team, I had to be the captain. Uh, you know, any of uh, 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 chores or something to be uh, the debating team. I always used to take this uh, leadership position. And, uh, you know, I uh, perhaps would call myself an uh, extrovert. And, you know, uh, when you go and meet people, you need to be chatty and so forth. But uh, what really catapulted me into the international big time was when I became Sheikh uh, Ahmadidat's editor. And I remember, you know, he told me uh, one day, he said, OK, you know, all the mails are getting thousands and thousands of uh, letters from around the world. And, you know, selected letters we had to answer. So in instantaneously, you become a, uh, a public uh, engager, a world renowned engager because you were the world renowned figure. But uh, what he did to me, one, then he said, you know, better. I would like you to go to the ships every Wednesday and do dawah to the sailors. And I looked at him. He said, no, no, there's plenty of ships there from all around the world. It will open up your mind and it will even give you opportunities of giving my video on board and giving my lectures and giving the Quran. And I tell you, subsequently, I met the entire world in the port of Durban. And, you know, breaking into that uh, type of environment where you needed to interact with the the Egyptians and then the Turkish and then you had to talk to the uh, Indians and the Pakistanis and the Maldivians and uh, the Sri Lankans. I mean, I can just go on. I think I met the whole world and I spoke to different types of people. But Sheikh Shoei Maida, it was such a beautiful experience that I cannot remember one negative incident that I had on uh, the Merchant Navy subsequently, you know, carried on with that uh, work uh, for over 30 years. And, you know, and alhamdulillah, the moments, the time, and, you know, always if you could find someone who's giving you a hard time or, you know, 
and you just knew how to break that barrier, you know, with a word in season. You knew exactly what to tell them or someone will tell you, you know, oh, we don't need you here. You know, I'm Arab and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, why, why come? Uh, why, why are you talking about the Quran to us? We, I'm Arab. You know, I'm Arab. I read. I speak the language. So, you know, we used to break the ice and we said, OK, there's an ayat of the Quran. Rabbul mashrikhaini wa rabbul mahribain fabi'i rabbikuma tukazziban. Uh, you know, I want you to translate that into English. And they used to sometimes, uh, Sheikh Shoaib Maida, these were Arabs that were speaking fluent Arab, but they couldn't uh, translate that into English sometimes. They'll go like um, something like, uh, as they say, you're hesitating. You need me on board. And, you know, this is how we uh, created our rapport. And subsequently, what they used to do, Sheikh Shoaib Maida, wherever they went around the world, they'd always say, make sure when you're in Durban Harbor, meet Shafat Ahmad Khan. So Alhamdulillah, it opened up so much of avenues and up till today, Sheikh Shoaib I can feel the blessings of these, uh, you know, these uh, merchant Navy uh, sailors from around the globe. I can still feel their mohabba. I can still feel those smiles. And Alhamdulillah, you know, Allah bless uh, us all now and forever, Sheikh Shoaib I just uh, thought uh, I'll share that with you, uh, Sheikh. Uh, knowing you too, you also, you fly around the world and talk to different types of people. And, you know, you were quite um, heavily engaged with the Emir. With the Malawian embassy and helping them in a relief and so forth, Sheikh? No, no, definitely, Sheikh. I mean, uh, see, the way you approach the situation is what actually brings a better result out of that. If you approach the situation with negativity, definitely don't expect to yield positive from there. So, you know, I just used to say to us, you know, the way you approach the people, I just spoke to them, you know, with a smile at the same time, you know, bringing certain uh, parables from the Quran to say, let's recite this, let's understand what it says. And you find people are struggling to understand or to actually um, translate of what is in their language. That tells you that, you know, the Quran uh, shaf speaks its own language. You know, it's not about um, uh, the Arab language that they speak at all the time. This was just a one kind of universal language that allowed us chosen out of the Arab, Arabic language to actually bring about the Quran in it where it becomes easier for anyone, whether from the east, from the west, from the north, from the south, to actually understand and uh, uh, easily accept it and easily memorize it so that you can use it for your daily uh, chores. Let's call it chores. I'm talking about Salazia, where you need to read uh, uh, your Surah Fatiha and other surahs, simply because in the simplified uh, version of Arabic, that is actually uh, easily uh, accessible to all human beings, you know, uh, as Allah Ta'ala says, Today I've perfected you, I've completed your religion, and I've actually perfected my blessings upon you. And I'm happy to subscribe Islam as a way of life to you, which comes in Arabic language. And that was to actually put the fact that to say Arabic is going to be used globally as a, as a basic language uh, for the deen of Allah, Uswata, the basic language to be used both in Salah and as well communication as well. So communication, not much, but talking about Salah, we, Shab, uh, you go to the South or you can go anywhere in the world if you're Muslim, you go for Salah, it's the same Surah Fatiha and another Surah, unified uh, kind of religion. And Salah finishes or starts with Allah Akbar and it ends with Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. So that tells you how privileged we are as Muslims that you can go anywhere in the world, but you still find your Allah and you still find your deen intact. We might define languages, but when it comes to the language of worshipping Allah Ta'ala, language of ibadat is one unified language.
No, absolutely, uh, Sheikh Shoei Maida. And, you know, as we talk about these uh, pleasantries and uh, doing everything, I mean, we found our Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know, he had a very agreeable, uh, you know, a, a disposition. Uh, that at times, you know, you, you found he was uh, humorous at the right occasion. And, uh, you know, wasn't this type of a person that people would run away and, you know, uh, it, he was an all-encompassing uh, prophet of Allah that, you know, showed humankind and uh, mankind how to be on the right balance in even your disposition. He showed, you know, this is how your behavior should be. So, you know, it made you someone that, uh, you know, he be a, I mean, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, as he said, was a mercy to mankind. And we as uh, Muslims, uh, we as uh, followers of Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we should be a mercy to each other. We should be a mercy to our family members. We should be a mercy to our community members. And nay, we should be a mercy in our country and uh, to, to the whole world. And as uh, someone uh, that, you know, uh, imbibed the message fully of Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and to live, uh, you know, and to walk the talk, uh, Sheikh Shoei Maida. No, no, definitely, Chef. I mean, uh, if you look at his lifestyle, Chef, you know, just, you just said now, you know, I'll just mention this. I know uh, maybe it might sound uh, uh, disturbing to others, but let me just call it as it. You find sometimes today uh, some massage Chef actually uh, laid uh, uh, the rules and regulations that no children allowed in the masjid. And now the question comes, where are the children going to learn, uh, to learn the salah? You know, you look on Nabi Shasa when he performs Salah, his grandchildren are jumping all over him just to learn from the actions that he's doing. So if we, we start building boundaries in our massage, which is actually the center uh, for the Muslim to be meeting, it becomes a problem. You look on Nabi Shasa when he was in a company of little kids, he was like a kid as well. You know, just to accommodate them, they can have that access to him. They can actually freely uh, converse with him and understand, you know, and learn from him which was actually the key factor towards children actually also becoming strong in the din. If you remember, uh, in the battle where um, uh, one of the enemies was killed, they brought uh, uh, the head of Abu Jahal, I think they brought uh, to Nabi Sallam. It was actually the small kids that went to battle when he said, no, you can't, you're small. But they still, they know we have, we, we, we have to go, we understand. Uh, the virtues and the importance of us. So today, we're discriminating against our own children you know, to allow them to come to the masjid. Shaf, it becomes a problem. And uh, this also, the sad part is that it even comes from elderly people that are supposed to be role models in the communities, that are supposed to be looking at the kids or maybe buy 20 rand sweets, bring to the masjid with them. So when they see these little kids, encourage them with the sweet, but they come and start making a noise. These children mustn't come in the masjid. They're not allowed in the masjid. Shaf, is actually we are changing the pattern of things, the way things were done in the past that got us actually very uh, actually influential and very victorious over things. We're changing all that and bringing different level of things all together. You look at children that you're taking them out and you look at little stars that uh, are there in the masjid. They only come there to eat salah. They'll be running up and down, which is normal for the children to do that because for them, the nature of life should be running, uh, playing around. But watch when you come to Rukua for such that, all that running around goes to an end. You find them going to sit and recall because they understand they're coming to learn. So if we still persist and maintain this culture of isolating our children from massaging, then we have a major problem because tomorrow, who's going to be carrying over uh, this flag of the dean when we're gone? Yet we're discarding the children. So we need to bring back that culture where the children need to be brought in the massage from small age. They need to start learning. Don't worry about the noise. Let Allah deal with that because it's small. This will have to learn about it. But if we come, uh, become hardliners on this shaft, definitely we're heading towards destruction.
Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. My, you know, and that's why I mean, uh, mothers uh, become very important. You and I know both. Uh, you know, uh, most of us, we, we are reared in the laps of our mothers, and the mothers uh, educate the future generation. And it's the laps of our mothers uh, that we are reared to become even leaders and so forth. And as you say, but some kids are very naughty indeed when they come to the masjid. But as you said, it's naughtiness is part of the physiology of growing up. And uh, there's a way of or maybe same group, you can win them over. Say, no, but boys, you'll behave yourself. If you don't do this and if you don't run like that in the mosque, I'm going to give you uh, five rands. I'm going to give you 10 rands. I'm going to give you a nice chocolate. I'll give you a lollipop. You will see just by having pleasantries with children, and by bring, winning them over, Sheikh Shweb Maida, they'll be eager, eagerly waiting for you in the outside the mosque. So they'll come in and they'll know, I'm not going to do that wrong thing because, uh, uh, you know, Uncle Shaf or Uncle Shoaib, uh, they're going to give us a, a chocolate or a sweet. And you know, there's ways of uh, breaking the, uh, the ice or even uh, grooming children. I mean, whenever children excel in anything, if they're doing well, I mean, you motivate them by giving them a gift. And, you know, exchanging pleasantries in forms of gift. I mean, such a, you know, barrier breaker. And, you know, I mean, we've forgotten that culture of, you know, perhaps doing that sexual maida. What's your thoughts? No, definitely. You know, children is very easy to win them over. Not only children, everyone is, is easily won over. If you actually uh, start that culture of actually exchanging gifts, as you just said now, when Abisha Sanama said, Tahadu, Tahabu, you know, uh, you know, share gifts and there'll be a lot of love for flourishing among us. You. So the kids are the same, as you just said now. That's a very good solution and a big one uh, for, for that. Because if you have the kids, you entertain them. They come in the mother, they be running up and down. You break them down and tell them, listen, no one whosoever makes noise, you tell us after Salah was making noise, running up and down, they won't get a sweet. That's actually motivate them to sit there and perform Salah. And then waiting that after Salah will get the sweet. That only, it will be a habit of waiting for the sweet after Salah. But thereafter, it won't be the habit of that. Thereafter, you've actually developed a habit in actually developing the child's spiritual aspects in the sense that they understand. They have to be there first, it was because of the sweet. But finally, they do understand what we're doing was not because of the sweet as such. The sweet was just a motivation part of it. But what we're doing is exactly what is expected from us as Muslims to be doing. And once we have that sharp we are developing a young generation that will tomorrow stand up for this din when we're gone. Because you must remember, we leave them here to fend for themselves. And if we buy them to, from the house of Allah, definitely the children will be maybe age uh, restricted up to 18 years before they could come to the masjid, which makes it even difficult for for them actually to be able to uh, actually be in the, in, in the masjid because that's how we've started. We've, we've started the trend. And we must remember what we start now the kids will be learning from there, and as they're growing up, they're going to use the same trend. So, yeah, let's accommodate uh, the kids, and let's be good towards one another. As you said, Chad, earlier on, let's adopt uh, the culture of the good sunnah, where we smile at one another genuinely, and we do things together as Muslims genuinely, you know, wherever somebody's learning short, we come, we carry, we carry them all over. So that the action they wanted to do must be actually completed for the pleasure of Allah. But once we have that and we develop that sense of Mahabbat Shaf and have that uh, oneness, uh, the, unit, the, the unity that we're supposed to be as Muslim Shaf, definitely is easier for us actually to conquer this world. At the moment, everybody knows about Islam. Wherever there was no Islam, Alhamdulillah, Islam is going all over there. 
is either through war, through uh, the means of actually invading other countries. But that was the reason why a lot I wanted that to happen as well. Because in that way, wherever there's no massage today, we found massage through all those tra uh, tragic moments that happened to them. Of which, yes, in every situation, every action, I would say, there is a reaction. There was a bad reaction that brought about another bad reaction of the Muslims, but ended up with a good reaction where there was no dawah. Now there's dawah shah. Khaira, yeah, Sheikh. And also, you know, uh, exchanging pleasantries uh, is, uh, is uh, you know, when you look at it, is, uh, you know, merely an acknowledgement of another person's presence in your space. Now, I want us to, uh, you know, perhaps interrogate uh, this uh, scenario. You know, there you are, uh, you, you know, or maybe uh, near a mosque or maybe at a shopping mall and you meet a brother and, you know, you exchange uh, pleasantries with him and then you start chatting. And then you find someone that you know very well. Uh, um, you know, they watch you, you talking to a certain individual and uh, they greet you and, you know, you cut off from this conversation, you greet them, but then they come and they come and stand there, right there, you know, whilst you're talking and they're like they want you to take you away from this conversation. And it becomes a rather a very difficult uh, position, Shekhar Maida, that is scenario one. And scenario two, sometimes you're so, uh, so deep in thoughts a very close family member passes you by in a shopping mall and you barely, barely recognize them because you are so deep in thoughts. I'm going to buy this. I have to do this. I've got that to buy and uh, cat food. And then I have to buy the oil and then I have to buy the butter. Then I have to buy the cheese and then I have to buy the bread. And this person takes offense. He says, you know what? There you were at the shopping center and I passed you. You didn't even acknowledge me. You know what? I don't want to talk to you anymore. And you said, no, but, you know, I didn't mean I apologize, but uh, you, uh, but subconsciously, you know, you never did it. You never did. I mean, you, you didn't mean to do that, uh, Sheikh Shuri Maida. Uh, how would you read into this situation? And as a Sheikh, how would you advise? Oh, no, definitely. You know, sometimes we need to actually be good at reading minds. In other ways, not uh, reading minds towards, you know, having uh, negative thoughts about people. You know, as you just said, you know, it happens that uh, you and I, were human. So being human, there's a lot of things that actually uh, build uh, that stature of being a human. So which means thoughts as, at the end of the day. And also you can have moments where actually you're sitting like you're in a group, but you find yourself lost. It happens in the massage trap, where we sometimes we sit there for Juma Salah, we listen to the talk, and all of a sudden you start migrating. You can't even hear what the, uh, the lecture is talking about in that Juma. So if that happens to you at times in a masjid, definitely it will happen. You go to a shopping mall or somewhere else, you see a fellow Muslim and uh, on his eyes, it looks like he's looking at you, but in his mind, he's wandering very far away that he can't even see you. So if you find yourself in that position, don't go past by and now bring up a story to say it was not acknowledged. It's your duty to make salam to the brother and make sure the brother acknowledges your presence. And that way you can help to break uh, somebody's way of thinking. Maybe you never know. Sometimes the person is so confused in their thoughts that maybe the only thing that's coming to them is to commit suicide or to do something else not right. And because you shook them up, took them from those thoughts, you made them acknowledge you there. Definitely changes the whole uh, perception. The way we tell, I'm so sorry. You know, I was in deep thoughts. I'm so sorry about that. Uh, not that uh, uh, I did that deliberately not to acknowledge you. And then you start striking a conversation. And that way the person will understand. But don't come and build up a stories upon that. And the other one, the first one, 
that you actually you're busy talking and in a conversation and someone will come and stand by you, they want to take you off on the... I, I think it's not uh, enough of uh, being a Muslim to be doing things like that. When you see people are uh, in conversation, you greet them, or if you want to see them, you actually ask, ask for permission. to say, please, uh, uh, when you're done, uh, I'm waiting for you. Can you please also, uh, I, I want to uh, have a few minutes with you. You know, that's how we do things. But don't come and just stand there and uh, people are talking stories. You don't know where it's coming from, how deep the conversation, and you won't actually to, uh, listen to their conversation. It's not good. You know, it's good to excuse yourself, let them finish the conversation. Then finally, when it's done, the person will come and attend to you without any issues, Chad. I mean, uh, we're talking about pleasantries uh, this evening, uh, but uh, some of the unpleasantries uh, that come through. And, you know, sometimes you find the uh, situation. I had uh, one uh, young man come and complain to me. He says, you know, uh, uh, Uncle Chef, I'm, I'm, I'm so uh, I'm, I'm close to this uh, elderly gentleman. But the other day, you know, we were in a in a group. And uh, then when he was with a certain uh, person of a more influence, he totally disregarded me in the whole conversation. He didn't even introduce me to the uh, to the to the person that he was talking. And I felt what type of, uh, uh, you know, elder gentleman is this uh, that, you know, I befriended so that he could groom me. I was so disappointed in uh, in him, Uncle Shaf. I don't know what to do. And I looked at him and I said, you know, perhaps uh, he just missed it. You know, maybe it was a slip of his mind. He said, no, 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 no. He deliberately kept me out. So I said, why don't you go and address him? He said, no, man, I, I, I don't have the guts, but I, I thought you, uh, you know, maybe uh, you, you could give me, uh, you know, a sane advice. I didn't know what to tell him, but I told him, you know what? Fazbir Sabran Jamilan, you know, my patients is a comedy patient. Uh, you know, it's all over. You'll find people treating you like this and you need to have patience in this. Call upon Allah and uh, you know, tell Allah to turn that man's heart uh, towards you. Uh, instead of you even turning your hearts against him, try and make up because uh, maybe it could have been a slip. But you find this, little things like this, people are observing you and they can, you know, your uh, type of behavior or the wrong thing that you do, uh, you'll find you, you'll be losing many, many, many friends, Sheikh Shreemaida. You know, Shaf, uh, I think uh, this is one of the most uh... Uh, biggest test that we have as uh, as human beings in today's life whereby, you know, when somebody tends to be in the company of those people that are deemed to be influential, actually they tend to forget everybody else, even family, even ignore their own children. They mustn't be seen. Uh, these are their children because they want to be in the company of those influential. They talk a lot of stories whatsoever about that. You know, this is all another thing, champ. That comes in if you're not genuine in yourself, in, in what you do, in how you are. That's how these things start growing up. But once you're genuine in yourself, definitely there's no need for you to uh, ignore the people that you know. Even if you're busy in a conversation, you saw somebody that you know, I mean, you just make salam to them. Assalamu alaikum, how are you doing? You know, if they want to talk to you, say, when I'm done, I'm just uh, busy. Uh, in a conversation where I'm done, I'm come to you. But sometimes you find they're not even in a conversation. The fact that they're sitting uh, next to Uncle Jacob Zuma, then they don't want to see anybody because now if I look at him, you want to come and sit between me uh, and where I'm sitting. It is just unfortunate, Chap, uh, you know, the way uh, things are turning around today, as you said. You know, we need actually to start pulling back and understand who the most influential is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah ta'ala is the one that we should actually uh, be seeking that attention to where we don't need anybody to interfere when we're talking to Allah ta'ala, which is our salah and the rest of that. 
that's the only time you don't talk to anybody. But talking to everybody who is humanly created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can't excuse yourself to greet your people and your families. Because remember, family comes first. You know, when those people kicks you out one day, you start gossiping about them. You look for the same people that you don't see the other day. You look for the family so you can gossip with them about the same people because now they've shown you the door. So this is not how things should be. Things should be fair wherever you are. Whether in a company of uh, so-called influential people, be the genuine person that you are. Whether in a company of the so-called uh, not influential people and influential people, be the genuine person who you are. That way, you won't have no problem. So every place you are, remain the same Muslim that actually uh, worships Allah SWT. And that the, the, the kalima of La ilaha illa Muhammad Rasulullah Shah. Yes, sir, Sheikh Shaymaida, a very pleasant uh, conversation with you this evening. Uh, perhaps your parting words uh, before I let you go. Uh, Chef, we need actually to go back to the basics and certain things in life, you know. Uh, let's look back to the tradition of Nabi Muhammad It was very simple, not complicated. And because of the simplicity that it had, it had a lot of big effect in other people that became Muslims. But the moment we start complicating it, we started losing it ourselves. And at the end of the day, we start losing our values. So let's bring back those basic conditions and basic teaching of Nabi Sallallahu And inshallah, things will change again. We can claim the glory again, inshallah. I mean, uh, Sheikh Maida, as uh, usual, uh, really enjoy your company. Allah bless you. Allah keep you. Inshallah, we'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Time for us to go for our break. When you get back, uh, Molana Salim Karim uh, should be joining us.